You're listening to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you once more for listening today, as I greatly value this opportunity to minister to each and every one of you. My prayer is that today's message touches you in a very special way and allows God to keep you in perfect peace until we come together once again. How many of us would trust someone with our most prized possession? In fact, who would we trust with the entirety of our life? Trust is often misunderstood and misrepresented, and its definition can vary depending on who we are speaking to or who is using it. Trust gives us the utmost confidence and allows us to confide unconditionally in someone else. That is, however, supposing we cast aside our very own inhibitions. I can recall as a senior in high school, and I had a pretty healthy head of hair, three to four inches to be exact. A good friend of mine whose name remains protected under the circumstance, but it sounds like Wimberly Kite, convinced me that she knew how to cut hair. All I needed was just to trim a little bit off the edges. I didn't ask for much. I didn't ask for certifications or qualifications. Her word was sufficient enough. I trusted her. As I sat, I didn't think anything of it until the clumps of hair began to fall to the ground. I knew at that moment I should have just gone straight home, but I didn't. I did not have the heart nor the courage to tell her that she messed me up in a very bad way. All of a sudden, reality set in as I arrived home and my aunt laughed me to scorn and gave me the nickname of Plug as I was noticeably missing large patches of hair. My grandfather had a rusty set of Ulster clippers and I could not find the oil, so I immediately went to work. Soon thereafter, between the intermittent paws of buzzing and the once movable blades were now locked permanently in place from the friction caused by the heat. My hair, my hair, it was ruined because of misplaced trust. Soon thereafter, I threw caution to the wind and decided it was just best to cut it all off. To answer those of you that have questions that are listening, yes, I was completely bald. Realizing suddenly the shame and humiliation that Samson must have suffered at the hands of Delilah. Trust is indeed fragile. That is why even today I never sleep in the barber chair, listening intently as the clippers make each pass. Of course, I am weary when it comes to barbers, but that is how we all are when someone has injured the sacredness of our trust. Why is trust so difficult? Scripture reminds us over and again to trust God, but put no confidence in the flesh. That's neither ours nor someone else's, as they are sure to disappoint us. Today's episode is simply titled, Trust God. As we turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 146, verses 3 through 6, it reads as such. Do not put 
your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. Trusting God is one of those truths we think we understand until we're called upon to do it. We then discover that there is more to it than what we actually realized. Our trust is like Fort Knox, is exhaustedly guarded a reflection of our frailties and insecurities as we tirelessly build fortified walls and fences about our lives as a means to prohibit others from seeing what's just on the other side. Our trust is also plagued with questions as we ask, what do they want? Why are they even talking to me forever cloaked in a level of suspicion? However, our fellowship with God should not be such. He insists that we surrender. He compels us to follow. Trust, a common five-letter word as a noun, is not difficult to define. In fact, Cambridge Dictionary describes it as to have confidence in somebody, to believe that somebody is good, sincere, honest, etc. However, the act of trust, which is a verb and requires action, is much more complex. We normally trust without question the sanctity of governments, physicians, medical practitioners, schools and educators, banks, and the economy. We trust churches, pastors, ministers, laypersons, the products we purchase, friends, family, and loved ones. We trust in people we befriend or those that assume have our best interest in mind. We trust ourselves with decisions we make but often find that while noble in theory, none are enduring. For we often wait with great expectation for them to disappoint. Using the frequently quoted phrase, expect the worst and you won't be disappointed. We are reluctant to share our lives openly and transparently with those closest to us because our past and the norms of society have taught us to trust no one we are so afraid that they will purposely and intently destroy what remains of our joy. Therefore, everything we accomplish, success or failure, we like a poker player hold our cards closely, hoping that no one calls our long-standing bluff. Sadly, this is how many of us live out the entirety of our lives. Not as the beautifully scripted novel that God has composed, but rather one of our own in which everyone and everything and every situation like the swinging pendulum is given an opportunity to sway the life, the role and the outcome of the main character, which is you and I. We lean heavily on certain phrases such as misplaced trust, meaning we are trusting in something that we absolutely have no business doing. We also say trust but verify, meaning that no matter what you tell me, I trust you, but I'm going to check just in case. 
We also have the term in God we trust, which is a common phrase that is oddly enough placed on all of our currency. And then lastly, we have a phrase which says, I can't trust them as far as I can see them, meaning if one is unable to be seen, they are not trustworthy. But when we have been forsaken, when others fail the test of friendship, if God is not in the midst, wherefore do we lean? Where do we at that moment place the fullness of our confidence? Life is not predictable. There are complications along the way. Many of us want to trust God when times are good. It can be and feel easier. But when times feel difficult, it is even more important to trust him. God's unchanging character can give us the firm foundation when things feel unsteady and uncertain. Life can be going along smoothly for a season. Your job is satisfying. Your friends and family are being okay. Your goals and finances, your health and everything are being met. The outlook looks bright. And then all of a sudden, like Job, life takes certain changes. Someone gets sick or loses their job. A friend or a family member betrays us. The feeling of certainty is suddenly shaken, causing us to be unsure about everything. Trust God. How do you trust that God is good in these circumstances? How do you trust him when you do not understand what is happening around about you, when you cannot see or find the appropriate resolution? In a quote by Walter Anderson, he said as such, we're never so vulnerable than when we trust someone. But paradoxically, If we cannot trust, neither can we find love or joy. Today, we trust fewer things. And for those we do, we look upon with evident skepticism. While the rules of the world have taught us to be cynics of the greatest sort, we cannot be such with God, nor can we afford to cast away our assurance, treating God as if he has taken on human qualities, traits, and attributes. I can, with the greatest assurance, say he has not. The promises contained in his word hold fast and true. His commitment to us is fixed, formed, and fashioned for a single purpose, which is salvation. Do you trust him enough to preserve you, to save you, to keep you? We all have people that we profoundly trust called confidants, even with our most inner secrets. But is there really anyone at all that we trust with 100% of who we are, our fears, our vulnerabilities, our failures and tragedy, our sorrows and hurt? The truth is, even though God knows everything being omnipotent and omnipresent, We are as well reluctant to share everything with him as well. Out of fear that we be brought to an open shame, there is nothing compared to the comforting, loving trust we find in God. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6 read as such, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. 
Lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Trusting in the Lord with all our hearts is the opposite of doubting and ignoring God and his word. It also involves surrendering to him. Complete trust and reliance on God is a vital component to our relationship with him. We can commit our lives to him and trust him to work in our favor. All of us have been there, things in our lives that we cannot make sense of, things that torment us day upon day, so much so that we are overcome by paralysis, unable to move or to shake ourselves free. Our humanity teaches us that trust is earned. We have to personally witness another's trustworthiness. However, God does not say, prove it to me first, nor does it nullify his promise if we place our trust, no matter how misdirected in something else other than him. We all have been there seeking to fill the gaps of our lives with man-made alternatives because God, according to our standards and our schedule, is taking far too long. Drugs and alcohol, gambling, eternally lusting for those things that appeal to our senses, the flesh, but never coming close to addressing the root cause of our problem, our inherent lack of trust in him. But to be perfectly clear, you cannot have 100% of God's trust unless you become in turn 100% vulnerable, completely naked figuratively before him casting away our concerns and allowing him alone to fix it. Trusting God and experiencing his goodness personally are necessary for building our faith and keeping us. As we go through dark and difficult times, we must patiently wait on the Lord. Learning to trust God is not an unconscious hypothesis. We have to bear witness of such as David expressed in Psalms chapter 27 and 13, and it reads, I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We cannot unless we exercise our understanding. We cannot unless we ourselves know personally who God is. God's people Israel desired a king instead of trusting God. They made alliances with other nations, suffered pestilence, famine, hardship, wars, and captivity, and heavenly silence of their own doing, even though God explicitly promised his unwavering protection. His word gives us that blessed assurance. Humanity is far from perfect and sure to disappoint. God, on the other hand, will not. Those who take refuge in the Lord and look to him are assured that he is with them. As we turn to Psalm chapter 118 and verse 8, a very short verse, it just simply says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Just as well, can we trust ourselves while I will not claim to speak on behalf of anyone else 
I can state with the greatest assurance, for me, the answer quite often is no. Not no because I don't know how to behave or act, but I can't do it in the absence of God's presence. We often placate to God as we cry to him in the depths of darkness in the valley. But when he has lifted us upon the glory of the mountaintop, we are prone to forget what he has done and we are likely to forsake him. That, ladies and gentlemen, is illegitimate trust. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 through 4. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Lastly, I will simply say, our faith is built on what we have personally witnessed or seen demonstrated. Our trust is explicitly built on the relationship that we have with God. Thank you so much for listening and sharing today's episode. As Perspectives continues its outreach, I humbly ask for your prayers as I seek God for what it is that I am to share with you each week. If you enjoyed what you have heard, please subscribe by using the Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you are listening to me via Anchor, leave a voice response by clicking on the message button and start recording when the button turns red and follow the corresponding instructions. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. You can also send an email to me directly at howarddc42 at yahoo.com or text to the phone number from which you receive today's episode. God bless each of you. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you until we come together once again.